Today, I have Ashley Nicole Russell. Ashley and I met in New York City. She was on the panel for the National Parent. Is it National Parents Organization or National Parenting Organization? Which one is it, Ashley? Yeah, yeah. National Parents Organization. Okay. National Parents Organization. So my friend Ginger, who is a friend of I Know I'm Crazy, you all know we've had her on the podcast many times. She invited me to the press conference for the NPO's. initiative that they're doing so they released a grade right they graded each of the 50 states based on their shared parenting laws uh new york got an f by the way so ashley is not only a very beautiful human she's a southern girl just like me so i naturally took to her (laughs) and i was like girl i gotta have you on the podcast oh my god when i tell you yeah absolutely yes she is a woman after my own heart because she is very passionate about shared parenting, um, father's rights, proper, um, not litigating in court. And how many attorneys do you really hear saying, no, nah, I don't want to go to litigation. So I was like, girl, you got to come on here. Hey, Ashley. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much. So everybody that listens to Naja, and I know I'm crazy, understands <laughs> that our guests have to tell us why are you crazy just like the rest of us, Ashley? So I know I'm crazy because when I go to the mall and I'm shopping at the mall, like, like I used to be able to go to the mall and enjoy the mall. But now when I go to the mall, all I see is like germs. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like a germaphobe. So I start freaking out. <laughs> So you're like, yeah, my blood pressure goes up. <laughs> I had a boyfriend and uh, I, we went to the mall one time and he, I just like, I was like about to jump out of my skin and he's like, okay, this is ridiculous. Your behavior is unchecked. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> so, he's like okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, I can't try on those jeans. I cannot try on those shoes. I'll get like gangrene and die. I can't do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just recently now, I just can't, I don't want to do with the mall anymore. If it's like an open air, like outside boutiques, I love it. But if it's an enclosed mall, I can't do it. No. Okay. So you have, <laughs> so you have a mall phobia. <laughs> Ashley, that, you, I know. That's probably really like develop later in life. What's up with that? It's good for the wallet. Okay, okay, okay. So I kind of, you you had, you run ANR Law and you're out of North Carolina, as I said. So one of the things that really touched me when you and I were speaking after you got off the panel, you were like, you know, I'm one of these attorneys that I'll tell parents that you don't necessarily have to go before the judge. You know, we can handle this out of court. Mm -hmm. It doesn't behoove you or your pockets to say something like that, though. And so I'm kind of trying to understand no, why, why is that your methodology? So I am on a mission to change how divorce is handled in this country. And so another way that I'm crazy is that I 100% believe that I'm going to change how divorce is handled in this entire country. And the reason that I believe that is because I've already done it in my hometown that I live in now, Greenville. Um, you know, I've really kind of flipped the lake here where people understand that it's not all about litigation. They don't have 
to go to litigation, they have a choice. They can choose collaborative. They can choose an attorney with integrity and choose a process that's outside of court so that they can resolve their disputes on their own. You know, the court should not be making parenting decisions. A divorce attorney should not be making parenting decisions. Parents should be making parenting decisions. And so Mm -hmm. it really just keeps the process within their own hands. Um, you know, our judicial system was not really set up to have family law. Family law wasn't organized by the state government or by the federal government. Local governments organized family law, first of all. So people should understand when they're choosing it, that that is a system that is created in local government, local communities, small communities. Mm -hmm. And so that court doesn't have to have jurisdiction over you. You give it that if you go to it and ask it to determine your custody, 100% they're going to because they have the welfare of the children but they don't do that unless you go and seek it. So it doesn't make sense to really involve them in your life at all. You know, as parents, we decide that we want to have children and then we have them. We decide that we want to purchase property and we want to have it. We don't necessarily decide. And Oh, by the way, at some point in time, we're going to bring this other person in and then they're going to make all these decisions for us. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) And so really it's just keeping that within Right. And so now you have to have a person on the other side who's able to make rational decisions. That's the big problem. Yes. But that problem really has come about because the culture of divorce changed and was bad. Um, In 1969, Reagan signed into effect no fault divorce in California, then no fault, quote, quote, no fault divorce spread across the United States, kind of like a tidal wave. Mm -hmm. This was off the back of the feminist movement. So women were able to file. We didn't have to wait to be, you know, abused or our husband cheat on us to be able to get divorced anymore. We could just go get divorced. So all these filings happened. Well, then that blocked the system down and it, it caused it to kind of clog. And then, you know, all of those attorneys realized that these, these cases could take forever. And then they all took forever from thereafter because the attorneys, they make a lot of money. they take a lot of time. They make a lot of money. They're very complex. Once you get involved in litigation, But you didn't really have to, you know, to get a divorce, you have to go through the court system. But Mm -hmm. to establish your custody, your child support, your distribution of your property, you can do that by a contract. Um, And now, you know, there are different laws for every state and you would need to check your specific laws for your state. But in uh, the state of North Carolina, you absolutely can settle that all by a contract. And then we also have special laws for what's called collaborative family law, which is a special process where all four of you sit in a room together, both attorneys and the couple sit in a room together, and they all come up in a very efficient way exactly what the settlement's going to be. And so it doesn't take very much time. It's just like three or four two-hour sessions and you're done. Oh, God. So I'm assuming that your fellow attorneys in North Carolina, you're not their favorite person because, (laughs) Ashley, you are kind of on its belly and cutting into a profit. So I've been called attorney because you've been called what? I'm not trying to line my own pocket. I've been called America's attorney for change. And so I'm not trying, I'm not the regular type of attorney. You know, I'm not here to try to line my pockets. My parents had a terrible divorce. I'm trying to save the backs of children. I want to make sure that you can come in, you can have your divorce, you can get a process that fits you, that fits your family, that fits your timeline and fits your budget. You know, I'm not, I don't need to get rich off the back of your children. I want to be able to sleep good at night and I have a beautiful and amazing life. And I Mm. do that because, you know, I help people every day. 
our, our clients are incredibly happy. My staff is incredibly happy because we make people happy. We give them confidence. We help them build them up in a time where they think things are falling apart. We help them to see the things that they do still have, that they are still in control of, that they can make the decisions for themselves. We keep them in a peaceful and positive place and they move on. And so I was given the small business leader of the year by my community because they said I changed the quality of life in Pitt County because my clients are happy and healthy. They're sitting on the same side of the baseball field. They're at the same cheerleading practice. You know, they're on the same team. They're on their kids team. They're not having these acrimonious divorces that make them mortal enemies forever and ever and ever. So you mentioned your own parents' divorce. And we talk a lot to adult um, stepchildren, to adults that have been affected long-term by their parents' situation, or, you know, especially when it comes to conflict, because that's what everybody knows. I love talking Mm -hmm. conflict. And so have you ever been able to see your parents reconcile that? as far as how they handle that at that so point in your life? They are reconciling that with me now. Um, they, they're each other. I doubt that they'll have that, you know, type of kumbaya moment with each other, but they are starting to reconcile that with me, which is amazing. And the book actually, so I wrote a book, it's called The Cure for Divorce Culture. It is a, you know, it's a study of what's happened in the United States of America, why things started to fall apart. That's important because if we can get a 20,000 foot view, we understand it's not personal. This system did not, it wasn't originally started for it to be a personal attack. It's just become that. And so when we can see that, we can see it's not necessarily the other person attacking you. They're just in a system that's building them to be in attack mode. There's a difference. If you put a dog in a cage and you shake what are you going to get? <laughs> you're, you're forcing so, them to be on the defense, right? Essentially, right, exactly. And so the, the book has been amazing in that it's helped um, parents and children be able to have that conversation. So like I was, my dad, um, his neighbor, he lives in a condo community. They live at the beach and um, his neighbor came over and she saw my book on his desk and she was like, oh, wow, I haven't spoken to my daughter in a long time. I'd really like to read it. So he gave it to her. She read it. She bought a copy. She sent it to her daughter, her daughter who she hadn't talked to in like six or seven years reached out to her and now they're having a conversation and bonding again because they were both able to see everybody made some mistakes. It wasn't personal. Mom was doing the best she could. I was doing the best I could. Um, the, the system drove us apart. It drove everybody in different directions. It wasn't personal, but now we can move forward and this is how we can move forward. And it has that recipe for that within the book. And mm. that is my greatest accomplishment is to be able to wow. help people have that sense. I got to get my hands on that. I, I literally need to my hands on that today. As a matter of fact, Ashley, yes. you know what? I, I like giving people stuff. So I'm going to buy a copy and I'm going to do some sort of sweepstakes. So if you're listening to this and you know to check the blog and enter and I'm going to post all the links, but I want to give a copy to somebody that's, that especially needs this. I'll figure it out but just remember to check the blog you all so you mentioned the system yay oh I just got chills I'm yes so you mentioned the system and (laughs) what I do as a step family coach as a master step family coach is I teach that from the family systemic point of view that means a family is literally the most important system I believe it anyway in my own personal opinion the family is the most important system 100% agree that exists in our culture in our world and because from the family, it's made up of individuals. These individuals go out into community and they form the legal system, the penal system, educational system. Like, you know, our system is made up of a bunch of people, just a bunch of us. So doesn't it seem like if we're going to do something to change this system that's in place, wouldn't it need to start at your level, Ashley, with 
the attorneys not wanting to pit families against one another or you know what let me let me say not everybody has it as their starting point wouldn't the attorneys need to be taught that before we go to court to litigate we are going to try to get sit these people down and mediate mm-hmm. i think that's happen- asking a lot of attorneys okay. but what it does what we do need to do yeah we we can't really you know, it's difficult to think we're going to change the court system, the attorneys. This is a very ingrained system. That system's used to doing things. And again, the system was not created to where you had to find it. So what we really need to do is talk to the parents. The parents need to make an informed decision. If you're getting divorced, you need to understand that you're signing up for, if you sign a complaint, you need to understand what that means. It means there's a 30% increase rate of suicide. It means there's an 18% increased rate of substance abuse and alcohol abuse. I mean, those are real statistics that we have out of longitudinal studies of children out of litigated divorce. There is a difference if you decide to go litigate versus if you can choose to stay out of court. Now, it takes both parents to be able to choose to stay out of, to go out of court. So sometimes, you know, you're not able to control the other side, but do know you have a really big realm of influence on that person. And if both of you understand, you know what, we don't want to increase the risk of our child of killing themselves. I mean, that's a pretty easy thing to have common ground on, you know? Right, right. So we can start there. We both, we both don't want that. And so can we choose an option to where we can still have attorneys, but we can be outside of court or, you know, you can go to mediation, which is where you have a neutral third party. There are plenty of options for settling outside of court. So I 100% agree with you on the families. And one of the bigger reasons and another thing that I published in the book, so those stats and the studies that they come from there in the book, but also we're at the lowest marriage rate of all time. We are at the lowest recorded marriage rate really? in America, lower than the Great Depression in both world wars, the lowest marriage rate. So all of these kids post-divorce, they're not getting married. They don't believe in that institution anymore. And that's not good for America. And so um, that's one of the biggest things that we need to address is because, you know, that really starts to shake a foundation that we need. And that's central too, which is the family and what the family looks like and what marriage looks like, you know, that can be ever evolving, but we still have to have a core group of people taking care of children and understanding that they're mirroring your behavior. That's what they're doing. And so we need to mirror what it is that you want your children to be when they grow up. That's how you need to act right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the bigger overall lesson. But yeah, the book has all that information and that's getting that out and parents understanding that that's what it's going to take is, is for parents to see that these are the things we're signing up for. If we go through litigation, it's not worth it. Okay. Change direction. Let's go this direction. And once we take and, and we take the fear out of it and the parents are able to see they have options, that's when we're really going to be able to start to make moves. What do you do when you have a parent come to you that sees that this is your outlook and they're like, hey, I want to stick it to my ex? Because I'm pretty sure you probably have had that, you know, a lot. How do you handle that? How do you (laughs) handle that considering your perspective? Are you a woman dating, engaged, or married to a man with kids? I'm Naja Hall. I'm a stepmom and a certified master stepfamily coach. After many years of running one of the most engaged and diverse blended family communities, I realized that women like us have issues and we experience feelings of isolation, confusion, and fear that are just different from any other role in our family. I've created a space just for stepmoms. This space is different because it provides a sense of community and it's not attached to your social media profiles. I've gathered licensed therapists and specifically trained experts to teach real tactics on how to deal with a high conflict ex, how to connect with your stepchildren, stepmom anxiety, and every other topic you can think of. 
If I'm speaking your language, then join VIPstepmom.com. A monthly membership costs less than a glass of wine. Sign up for a membership today. Um, well, you know, I have to have a little bit of understanding. Obviously, they've gone through a lot. And so I always start out, I'm like, I'm going to let you tell me how you got here today. There are going to be some highs and obviously there are going to be some lows. We're going to discuss all of that. And then we're going to come up with an option that fits you the best. And so when I'm analyzing with them, once I've heard the story, okay, well, how much is it that you're looking to spend? If you're wanting to, you want to stick it to them. Okay. Are you willing to spend 50 to a hundred thousand dollars? Are you willing to go into your retirement fund? Are you willing to spend that much money in attorney's fees? Because that's what you're going to be looking at. Also, I want you to know what you're risking. So your children are going to be put at risk. And these are the statistics. Is that something that you feel like you can live with? And so that's a personal choice. You know, if you decide you want to go to litigation, then that's a, that's a decision. And you feel like, you know, you need someone to be able to protect your rights like the court, then that's a personal decision. But I just want people to be able to make informed decision, which means they need to have all the information up front. And normally, whenever they get through all of that information, they still, they don't feel the same way at the end of that. You know, what they want is to be able to feel respected. They want to feel like they're not, they don't have to be afraid. They want to feel like they've been able to be heard. They want to feel like their children are going to be protected. We can do all of that without having to get the court involved. Mm. So what I've seen in many acrimonious divorce cases and, and families reeling from the after effects, because I usually see the after effects, unfortunately, um, is mm-hmm. when, a, when a person, let's just say it's a, a woman that's looking to divorce a, a husband and she has had somebody to tell her, oh my God, you can get his pension. You can get this. You can get the house. You can get limited contact with the children. You can be the sole custodial parent. You know, it becomes about money. When you mm-hmm. have this person in there and they are dead set, have there been any cases where you're just like, I can't really help you to meet your goal? Or are you finding yourself being a coach? Like, hey, mm-hmm. you don't have to be this way. Like, it doesn't have to be nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, what's kind of your stance on that? But I got it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't buy into that type of behavior one, cause I don't agree with it. I think that you deserve what you're entitled to, but as far as, you know, keeping the kids away from dad or starting to create all of those types of problems, that's not good for anybody involved. And so I'm going to be checking, why is it that you want that? What is it? What is your real underlying need here? Cause we can probably meet that in a different way. And so I really bring my clients out of, you know, they're in a, they're in a perspective of they're, they're staring at the bark on the tree. They're watching the ant walk on the bark. And I'm like, take my hand, come with me. I need you to help me out here. Stand with me outside of the woods and look at your whole life. So we've got this little portion over here, which is this, what you're dealing with, the custody battle. We also have the rest of your children's lives, the rest of your life, your entire work life, your parents, your extended family, your career, your education, your spiritual life. Are you physically taking care of yourself? Are you eating healthy foods? Okay, now that we've got this perspective, it's not that large. So let's talk about how we can keep you as a person healthy. And does this one thing that you were going to do, is that going to help you fulfill that? Or is that over here to the side? Because I want you to look at what it is that you want for your life. And I want to help you achieve the next level in your life. You're going through a phase, you know, after this divorce is over, we're going to hit a new transition in your life. Mm. I want you to be prepared for that and what it is that you want for that. And so if I can refocus them on that, this is only now a piece of the overall pie that we're dealing with. And then it doesn't seem so grave. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Interesting. What was your motivation to write the book, though? Because I understand you've done all this work. Like, What made you decide, I'm going to sit down and I got to kind of put this, I got to quantify all this stuff into a manuscript. 
So when I won small business leader of the year, all of these people came up to me and they're crying and they're like, I wish you were there for my divorce or I wish you were there during my parents' divorce. Where were you? And, you know, they really started to share their stories with me. And I kept thinking, you know, I can't represent the whole world. Um, I only have X amount of space for clients. And I, but I want to be able to get my teachings out and to be able to say, okay, let's get a different perspective. Let's pull back from the tree. Okay. Look at it with me this way. Understand that this is a system that was built and you were built as a pawn in a system. So let's, if you understand that it wasn't a personal attack against you. And even though you were the worst version of yourself, you can kind of give yourself a little bit of grace here because you were reacting in a system of fear. It's not that you were trying to be a bad parent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, to, and whenever we're able to give that perspective and that's the book is kind of a, it's a manual. It's a manual of how to get through divorce in a healthy way and how to get your children through divorce in a healthy way. And if you're post-divorce, read it so that you can get healthy post-divorce. That's basically okay. what it is. It's a recipe for how to do that. And so it was my, it was okay. my attempt. Yes. So it's for, it's for the whole world to read society in general, that way you can understand. And a big piece of what I do is, you know, going into employment settings so that employers can start to track how many people here are getting divorced. How does that affect their day-to-day life? I mean, they're constantly being triggered. You know, their productivity is not down they, or is down. They need extra support. Um, and we measure a lot in HR systems, you know, marriages, yes. births, deaths, but nobody's tracking divorce. And think about the ripple effect of conflict if four people in a group of five are going through divorce. Oh my goodness. Mm. Like, how much are they reacting off of each other? They you know are. what I'm saying? And then right, right. your work environment is so integral into your life, and people get fired a lot going through this because they have to be well to work out of t- all the time, or they're really bad at dealing with conflict during this because they're being taught to be bad at conflict. You right. know, they're being taught to engage in dramatic ways in conflict. And if that doesn't carry over into work, then I ain't even buying into that conversation because we all know it does. We know it and does. And so it's fixing that too, you know? You know, it's, it's interesting, interesting that you mentioned that from a work perspective, because, you know, I've personally gone into schools and worked with children, the kids, the ones that we forget about when we're going through these nasty splits. And you can just see it in their performance. And as you mentioned earlier, the suicide rates and marriage rates are dropping. Like we can literally visualize what's happening to our children as a divorce, as a, as a result of us simply not knowing how to handle conflict. I know I I wrote an article the other day and made an Instagram post in one of this whole rant. Like, y'all, we are not learning how to handle conflict. We have really piss poor conflict resolution skills in this country. You know what? In the world. I'm going to just say the whole world. We need to be taught. Instead of learning some of the stuff that's, in my opinion, not that important in schools, if we could just learn the ways to identify and resolve conflict in ways that, um, you know, benefit our entire system that's around us, the world would be a better place, but that ain't it. And you got people like us out here doing this work, trying to champion for families uh, because of that. So when it comes to conflict resolution, and I, you know, you're a divorce attorney, you're a family law attorney. So I, I want to get your opinion on that. What are some of the key causes of conflict that you, I want to discuss the most common ones. What was like, History. what are these? History? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. So how the one thing that we don't have in this country is self-awareness or awareness of others. Conflict at its base starts with how were you raised? What are your principles? What are your morales? What is important to you? What are the things that you need? You know, if we don't understand that as a person, we don't even understand that about ourselves half the time. 
I mean, mm. most people that you're walking around and breathing every day with have no idea who they are and why they are that person. Mm. And they're not, they don't have any idea about that because they don't have any self-perspective and nobody's really given them any self-perspective. They're being surrounded by a world that's completely crafted to look exactly the way they want it to. You know, social media is the things that they like. It's surrounded by the people that they like. Right. You start to, you know, you walk in little tiny paths and you're, you know, only with the people that you know and that you don't really experience anything outside of that. And if you have that closed perspective, then you don't really understand how other people have been raised, how, you know, what they've been through in their lives, how they react to conflict, how they react to stress, how they react to anxiety. Each person has a different way that they handle those things. And if you can't have your own perspective of yourself, you can't see why other people do it. And then you also can't see how those two things don't jive with each other every once in a while. Mm. You know, your personality may not jive with another person's personality. If you can start to see those things, then you can resolve almost all conflict because that's the root of it. Um, it's coming from an internal piece that's been developed over time, normally okay. something from your childhood or how you were raised. Oh, honey. And we have a lot of fun talking about um, our childhood trauma. So, you know, I firmly believe none of us made it out of childhood okay. You know, even if it looked pretty and crystal clear and mom and dad are still married and had the perfect marriage, none of us made it out of that thing okay. We all got some sort of coping mechanism um, based on something that our caretakers right implanted within us unintentionally maybe you know absolutely when are you coming back to new york though or i gotta come to north carolina like what's what we gotta make something happen like i feel like we have to have like a girl day a girl day like we have to make this happen I know. I feel like, um, and Ginger too, like we all, I, you know, it's so cool, especially in New York, we're all in that room together. You could just feel we're all on the same wavelength. You know, we're yes. all speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. We all understand the pieces that are broken. We're all trying to fix it together. You know, I think that there's a lot of energy and momentum around our calls and what we're trying to fix. And I, I really feel like that we're going to have it resolved within the next five years. I really do. You know, I, I was telling my husband that, you, you know, everybody knows my reason for starting this, you know, it's parental alienation as a result of an acrimonious divorce. I watched him be separated from his children for no other reason than his ex didn't like him. She was pissed off. Like, you know, then the court system emboldened this behavior, the court system, mm -hmm. um, you know, how it, coll it colluded with, coll it, it, it conspired against the entire family unit and it weaponized certain things that had happened. And, you know, that was like, that's one of my main passions. That's why I do what I do. And like, um, Ginger and I actually had a chance. <laughs> we went out for drinks when she was here and, you know, learning all of our individual stories of why we do what we do. And we're so fiercely passionate about it. I was telling Ginger, I was telling my husband too, I was like, I really think we're going to see something different happen in our lifetime. I really, you say the next mm -hmm. five years, I definitely think our lifetime, you know, it's going to show us some very drastic things that are going to happen in the court system, in our family system. I did not know that there was a decline in marriage. Like that's new to me. That's a new stat that you just taught me. And so my God. So what else? Like personally, now we've talked about the, the, the hard stuff. So personally, now you, what, what law school did you graduate from? Central in Durham, NCCU. Nice. So you've been in North Carolina your entire career. Mm-hmm. You went to App State for undergrad. I know. I love it here. I love traveling, but I will say North Carolina is, is my home state for sure. Mm. 
you know, those of us New Yorkers that have kind of had enough, everybody makes the beeline over to North Carolina. That's I've seen so many of my friends have got, <laughs> decided to go there. I don't like what is I don't know what it is about that that state. So I I kind of want to get over to. Well, we're so welcoming. Y'all are yes. I mean, you know, <laughs> country people. Like I'm a country girl, so I can't I can't deny. Getting back on track though, so. Looking at divorce dads, there's a lot of divorce dads that listen to this podcast. There's a lot of women that are with these fellas. Well, I'm going to say divorced and separated dads. Um, not everyone's been married. So what's the best piece of advice you can give the dads out there that are in these situations where their exes may not have found an attorney like you, and they are kind of being pulled into this acrimonious war? Don't take the bait. So at all times, you know, this is a chess game. I tell my clients, this is a chess game. You need to look, you need to be looking at the board. You don't need to be staring at the rook. You need to be hovering above looking down. And Mm. at all times that you can reopen that communication with your spouse um, or, you know, the person that the parent of your, the other parent of your child, always reach across and have that. As long as you're having positive and respectful communication, I mean, obviously name calling or being passive aggressive or any of that stuff is just don't even go there. Just don't even do it. You're not doing yourself any favors. You're not winning any wars. Just don't put anything that's negative into this situation. There's already enough negativity with the system itself. Mm -hmm. And so if you're always saying, you know, Hey, I'd really like to co-parent with you. Here's a book that I read. I'd love for you to read this book and give my book. I mean, there have been parents who have been like, like, whoa, what have we done to our kids? We need to talk. I read this book. You please read it. They read it and they're like, oh my God, what did we do? Because the attorneys aren't in their world anymore. They're not in the court system anymore. They're trying to just, you know, live out their order. And then they realize, dang, we may have made us some some mistakes. Let's talk. Because all Mm -hmm. it takes is as soon as the kids start to see the parents get along, things just start to fall back into order. You know, if they see that there's some respect for the other, other side, then they start to have respect for themselves. Mm. That's what it takes. And so, and don't, don't buy into the tactic of run to your corner. You can't talk to them. Only talk to me. I'm going to talk to their attorney. Yeah. If you can't say anything nice, yes, then run it through your attorney, but always reach out and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to great wolf lodge this weekend. I'd love to take the kid. Do you think you'd mind? If they can say yes. And if you ask over and over and over and you're just being nice, and there's no other reason that you're asking but just to be nice, then you're going to start to get more time. It's going to mm-hmm. happen. It will happen. And my, you know, we get so afraid and we get so ingrained in the system and we just want to pull back and be like, no, I'm not having any communication with the other side whatsoever. Over time though, that just starts to be detrimental. That person is someone you procreated with. I mean, you made mm. that decision early on. I can't help you with that. Now we got to go from there. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, honey, you made the bed. Now you got to lie in it and unmake it again. And like, you, this is something that we just have to do. So what and about- it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. It sucks. And it's going to be uncomfortable. Yes, it is. But being in court is incredibly uncomfortable, I promise. And spending it's all a that- a little money. less uncomfortable than that. And honey, exactly. all that co- letting go exactly. of all that coin is even more uncomfortable. So what about when you have a co-parent that is- like what would make a co-parent irrational? And I know some people are like situationally high conflict. They're not always like this, but mm-hmm. they're going through a divorce. It's going to make anybody kind of not a happy person or kind of tough to deal with. So at what point do you draw the line and say, I cannot deal with this person 
under, you know, without an attorney or under any circumstances, we can't have a rational conversation. What would you say if is they're just the line? Trying to like frame you or get, yeah, if they're trying to frame you or get the police involved or like set you up, you know, that type of person you don't want to try to have your own one-on-one communication with. Um, do give yourself some space though. Give some grace, give them some grace. If you open, if you, you know, you may have had a battle before and then you may have not communicated for a while or, or kept the communication real light for a while. But if you reopen it and say, Hey, you know, I know the system makes us, you know, not the best version selves. I know I'm, I've been doing that and I'm sorry about that. And I know that, you know, I know you to be a really good person. And I know some of this is outside of your character. I mean, you may not even believe that, but you can just say it. And if you open that conversation back up with a, I'm going to give you some grace. I'm going to give myself some grace. Let's see if we can move on from here. Like every mm-hmm. once in a while, try like that, that and see like if you that. can, because if you can, you're saving yourself a bunch of money and a bunch of heartache. You're getting rid of a lot of negativity out of your life. I mean, no, it doesn't happen immediately. Yes, it happens over time. Yes, it's work. It's work. It's a little bit of work to you to be able to look in the mirror and figure out who you are too, but it's helpful mm. and it's not, and it's always good for your kids. And at the end of the day, you know, if you're trying to make good strides and it's for your kids see that, I mean, again, be the person you want them to be. Do you want them to be able to reach across the aisle and be like, Hey, I made a mistake. Can I, can I be a, can I be a better person now? Would you be able to accept me? Mm. You want them to do that. If you want them to do that, you got to be able to model that. Who are you seeing as the one to be? And I don't know if this is a generalization. Tell me if it is. But when we think of people with these high conflict personalities, um, are you seeing it uh, from your perspective? Is it more the mother or the father? I think it's more the person who has uh, the support group that's ingrained in the system. So it's the mother if the mother's parents have all been divorced. If it's, it's the father, if the father's parents have all been divorced. You know, it's who's, who's ever had the most amount of exposure to the system. I don't think it's male or female, really. Oh, um, okay. The system, it's, I mean, the system is aggressive. And it bleeds. I mean, it, if once one person gets involved in the system, everybody feels the effects of it because it's so negative and it's built to be that way. Mm. The way that I know this is because we did all settlement from the beginning when I started my practice. I mean, I've been doing collaborative since collaborative began. And then I added a litigation associate attorney. And I promise every time the facts went off or an envelope, it was like smoke was rolling out of these envelopes of negative energy. I went from having like the happiest staff in the world to we'd hear the fax machine and I'd hear groans coming out from all over the office. I was looking around me like my flowers are dying. Like what is happening? Oh, okay. (laughs) And it's just the system. I'm telling you, you know, we, we practice divorce. We're divorce attorneys and paralegals and we are happy people. But then there are the other side of that where it's litigation and everybody's so miserable all the time. And it's such a chaotic system. And it's so old. The system is, it just creates this crazy level of animosity. And if you take a step back, you can see where it's just infected people. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer that almost anything can be worked out. And we are so quick, especially I run two different communities. One is for stepmothers and we're very, very fast to categorize a mother, a biological mother that's pissed off, upset, doesn't do something that we want her to do as high conflict. Oh, she's a high conflict biological mother. Oh, she's the the cause of the problem. When we fail to realize, or we fail to kind of see that maybe the people that we are with 
are kind of contributing by not listening to this person or not having effective tools. So I hope that those of you that are listening, I'm going to get your book. I want to read it just for my own life's sake, Ashley. But I, you know, I, I encourage everybody out there Yay. to kind of get the book and pick it up and just, you know, let's see what, what Ashley's talking about. She's obviously done a lot of research. She has a very different way than most of our attorneys of going about things. So Ashley girl, I am so happy with this conversation. I'm so happy you came on. I know I'm crazy and we could go on literally all day. I'm probably going to have to have you on. I know I'm crazy after dark or my VIP stepmom podcast, probably definitely going to have to do that. But how, tell them how to find you. Cause I like people. I want you all right now. If you're listening to this on your phone, if you're on the treadmill, if you're driving, pull over. If your kid is playing on your phone, snatch it from them. I need you to open up Instagram <laughs> and your website. Ashley, give them the Instagram because I want you all to follow right now. Okay, what's the Instagram? It's A-N-R, A-N-R Law. And that's, so Ashley Nicole Russell Law is the Instagram handle. Also, my name, Ashley Nicole Russell, is my personal Instagram handle. And then um, anrlaw.com. And then the book is The Cure for Divorce Culture. And it's on Amazon. And you can find that um, on Amazon. It's also in Barnes and Noble. And so, um, you know, we're excited about it. I love your energy, love. I'm so Thank excited that you invited so me much. on. I'm, I'm we're so on the same too. mission. So I think it's cool. We, I love <laughs> meeting women who, you know, I can align with, who I can bring on to my audience and, you know, just like you can hear different perspectives. You all know that I love you. You all know that we're going to continue to be crazy together. Thank you so much, Ashley Nicole Russell of ANRLaw.com. I will see you all week after next because y'all know I ain't going to do this every week. Every other Tuesday, I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy.